Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. Glad to be with you guys. Excited just to be here and to worship with our young people this morning. And uh, I was talking to some of them's parents a while ago, and they lead by example. And so I'm thankful that our young people uh, are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they do that not only here, but in their schools and in their families and in their lives. And so I'm just thankful this morning uh, for our young people and just their stance for Jesus Christ. So, again, I think give them a round of applause this morning for serving. They're a great example for our adults. So, again, we want to look this morning about Christian growth. And uh, as I was studying this and, and looking over the text, this is one of my favorite times of the year. I don't know about you guys, but I get excited. I'm driving up and down the road, and I'm seeing lots and lots of stuff growing. Lots of good things are happening. We've got this little baby calf at our house, and uh, we call him Dusty because he's a little gray-looking color calf, and he he's just growing every day. We're feeding him. have to feed him two or three times a day. He likes to eat because he's growing so much. And so it's exciting to see that and seeing little baby calves and little horses and little bunny rabbits and all the great things that are being being born right now, but they're growing. It's exciting to see that. And I know we've got a lot of farmers here and our congregation, and I know they're excited because now they're getting to see some of their crops coming up. They've planned them. They've worked really hard and spent lots of hours in the field, and now they're getting to see those crops come up. So that's exciting to see. And uh, another thing I'm thinking about, we, we're in the baseball fields over here like every night of the week, I think. It seems like it anyway. But it's exciting times because now we're getting towards the end of the season, and you get to see a lot of growth from those players all through the year. They've been, they've been really working with their coaches, and they've been practicing at home, and they've been doing lots of things, and you can really see the growth in their abilities. And it's exciting to see them get out there and play and, and, and use what God's given them. And, uh, and I thought about our graduates. We've had a big graduation this past week here at Greensburg, and I know some other schools maybe are finishing up, but it's exciting to see those young people growing into new seasons of life and what God's going to be doing in them. And it's just a beautiful thing to see growth. I don't know about you, but it excites me to see growth. And it's exciting uh, just to see that happening in people's lives. And that's kind of what we want to look at this morning, particularly the Christian growth. And it's exciting to see people growing in Christ. I've got a little question here. If you know the answer, don't yell it out. Just hang on to it for a minute. All right, so maybe this is a little bit hard for you to see. But does anybody recognize what kind of plant this is? Lindsay can't say because she already, oh, we got one or two. We got a few. We got some gardeners. All right. And uh, we're excited about this. So Lindsay got this last Sunday morning in Sunday school. So, again, just another great thing about Sunday school. You might go home with a prize, right? I guarantee you'll get something out of Sunday school. It may not be a plant, but listen, it's important that you're in Sunday school. You'll get something there. Hopefully, it might be even a plant. All right. So, can anybody identify it? All right. For the rest of you that's not real good with gardening, let me, let me see if this helps a little bit. That make you more sense? Look a little bit familiar? Yeah. Strawberries. Oh, my bad. It's a little bit slower. Strawberries. Strawberries. I don't know about you, but this is probably my favorite fruit of all time. I love strawberries. And so we're excited about this little plant. We're, we're, we're watering that thing. We're fertilizing. We're getting it out in the sun where it can be growing. And we're excited about that plant. But we're expecting that plant to grow. and Because we know that as God grows that plant, one day it's going to turn in 
to some of these things, right? We're going to have some growth, and we're going to have some strawberries. Hopefully we can eat. Now, these didn't come off this plant, and it's not that good a plant yet. But hopefully one day that's what it's going to produce. And so I got to thinking about that. Wouldn't it be a shame, though, if we were just to let that plant kind of just die off, right? We would never get to enjoy the benefits of these fruit. And so many times I'm afraid that we do that in our own spiritual growth. We're not growing as Christ calls us to. So I want us to look this morning. Are we really concerned about our growth spiritually? You know, we put a lot of time into our our baseball and our crops and our cattle and all these things. We want to see them grow and produce. But how much time and how much effort are we really putting in to our spiritual growth? You see, God expects us to grow. He wants us to grow so that one day we'll be able to produce fruit for his glory. And that's what we're going to look at today. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn over to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. This is the very last chapter of a series here that Peter's been writing to a, a group of believers, and he's encouraging them. And it's the same for us today. It works the same way. He's encouraging us. And they're, they're facing some difficult times, and I'm sure and, and you know that, that we're going to face some of those times too. So it's a great word of encouragement for us today. And I want us to read this. It says, You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow. Right? And that's kind of where we're going to focus today. We want you growing in Christ. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. You see, we start there looking at these verses. Peter here is writing, he says, You therefore, and it kind of implies some practical application to what he's been talking about. He's been talking about here in these previous scriptures about there's going to be some false teachings and there's going to be lots of things that's going to try to draw you away from Jesus Christ. And so Paul now takes all of that, or Peter takes all of that now, and he comes and says, Therefore, He's going to give us some practical application on how to live this out, how to be living in these last days as he talks about. And again, he's writing here to the beloved. So these are fellow Christians, right? The particular here, he's talking to these believers here in Asia Minor, but he's also talking to us today. And again, these are believers. And if you kind of look back, just another kind of reference to that is, is chapter 1, verse 1. He says, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I wonder today, Peter here, he's writing to these believers, and man, he encourages them and reminds them that our righteousness is not by our own, but it is by our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And he calls them beloved or brothers. So I wonder today, are you walking in that same family that Peter is talking to here and that he is inviting? So our our word or scripture here invites us today to be part of that believers and be part of that, that same family. And he's reminding them, and he's reminding us to continue in his growth. And we're going to look here in that today. And uh, Peter gives us a warning here, and he says, look at this. He says, take care. Take care. Beware or guard yourself. And and maybe some sports terms. Be on guard. Be ready. And, and as again, we... I'm going to use a lot of baseball analogy because, man, this is all I'm seeing and hearing now is baseball, baseball, baseball. So that's what's on my mind. So baseball, if you think about that, Hayden, he's been playing down there in 8U, and we're excited about that. But a lot of times he's playing down there on the pitcher's mound. 
And I don't know about you, but as a parent, I'm a little scared at times on the pitcher's mound because our children are down there, and I'm all the time yelling at Hayden, it seems like, like, down and ready, down and ready. For one, I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want him to get hit, and I don't want him to get hurt with that ball. I don't know if you've ever been down there or not, but those balls come off of those bats at a high rate of speed, don't they? They come off pretty hot. So Peter here says to take care, to be ready, to be on guard, be focused. So that's what, again, I want Hayden to be ready. I want him to be watching so he don't get hurt. And secondly, we need to be ready to make a play, right? If you're just swatting at butterflies and making sandcastles or whatever down the dirt, you're not going to be ready for that play. By the time the ball comes to you, it's going to be past you, and that play's already happened. And again, I think that's what Peter here is, is encouraging us to take care and to be on guard when things and opportunities come around, and we'll be prepared. So I wonder today, how ready are we? Are we prepared for that growth? Be ready and uh, for these things that are going to come pl- and take place in our lives. See, I think it's a lot of times it's real easy for us to have knowledge of the game, maybe knowledge of life or knowledge of the Bible, but we're really not paying attention, and uh, we're not ready to put it into play, and we're not going to be doing very well in that game if we're not ready to put it into play. So be on guard. He says, take care. Be on guard. Be ready. James chapter 1, if you just want to make that a side note in your Bible, James chapter 1 verse 22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Again, James here and Peter here saying, man, be ready to apply what you know. It's not just about knowing it, but it's also about applying it. All right? So then he, he goes on just a little bit further. He says, to take care to beware that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people. And that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Anybody ever hear any false statements or things that you think, man, that don't, that don't line up with God's word today? I hear a lot of that stuff, and, and society is pushing that, especially on our young people. And so it's, it's pertinent that we're in God's Word, understanding and knowing how we can be living and how we need to be living in, in light of God's Word, not what society says, but in light of God's Word. A lot of times we're hearing uh, different things in society today, talking about abortion, like it's okay to have an abortion because it's not planned, it's not time, or that's not going to fit in your situation. Uh, do whatever makes you happy. Anybody ever heard that? Follow your heart. Yeah. That's what society says. It's not what God says. God's word says, he don't say, be ye happy for I'm happy, right? He says, be ye holy. God's concerned about our holiness, not necessarily our happiness. And listen, at many times we're going to be following lawless people or error and following our own situations and not God's word. So again, it's, it's pertinent we're in that. We're hearing a lot of things about homosexuality and drugs and alcohol. And, man, that's just what society's promoting. If you're watching movies or, or movies and games and, and all these shows and different things, that's what they're promoting a lot of these times. So, again, what are you focusing in on? Where are you getting your truths from? Again, that we're not led or carried away with the error of lawless people. So, again, that's what Peter here, he's contending with in those times. The people are getting pushed on them a lot of stuff that's, that's not right. And the same is today. And then he makes another statement here. And I just want to touch on this quickly because we don't have near enough time to cover that. But it says, and lose your own stability. Now, Peter here, he's not talking about losing your salvation. And I don't want us to get confused with that today. That is a work of God uh, that, that you cannot do yourself. You can't work hard enough. You can't be good enough to earn that. And so you can't do enough bad things either to lose it, right? Because that is a work of God. It's a gift of God. It is a gift of salvation. 
Um, but I'm afraid a lot of times, and I think what Peter here is kind of looking at, he, he's, uh, we're going to see here a little bit later on where he is messed up in life. And at, in our best days, we're going to mess up. We really are. And that's what he's saying. Sometimes, you know, we mess up and we begin to fall away or lose your own stability and kind of regress or go backwards. And so Peter here, I think he's saying more about losing the joy, not losing your salvation, not becoming lost again, but losing your joy. And if you'll think back kind of in the Old Testament, remember King David? King David, he kind of got lost in his stability. He kind of lost his way. He didn't fall away from God, but he kind of veered the other direction and off course. He should have been out to war and in the battle and leading the battle, but yet he stayed home and he was looking at somebody else's wife and that caused a lot of a lot of pain and sorrow and hurt in his life and others' lives. But he goes back in Psalm chapter 51 and he says something. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And so I think Peter here again kind of drawing us back to that. Again, just to stay in that joy so that we don't lose that joy. Staying in the Word so that we'll be prepared when those times come when we stay in that. Again, if you're here this morning, maybe you've had some of those situations and you've just kind of lost that stability and you've kind of moved away from where God's calling you. Listen, David gives us a great example there just to cry out to the Lord and restore to me the joy of your salvation. Again, it is his salvation, but again, he wants to restore that joy maybe to someone here today. And a fear is, again, this losing your stability or falling away. Kind of got to study and looking at some uh, statistics here. And it really pertinent here for young people who are graduating. And I can kind of look back on my own life and see some of this a little bit better now. But I did a, um, was reading a study by Lifeway they did back in 2017. Actually did one, I think, in 2007 and 2017 followed it up. But it says, top five reasons church dropouts say that they stopped attending church. Again, there's a survey in here if you can't read it. Uh, young people from the ages of 23 to 30 who attended a Protestant church regularly for a, at least a year in high school. So these were high school students. They were plugged in. They were regular there for at least a year. But then they dropped out after that. It says, I moved to college and stopped attending church. Roughly 34% of young people said that, that they, that they polled. So again, what is drawing them away? Sometimes it's just a change in life. And maybe they just lose that um, sense of need of church in their own lives. He says their church members seem judgmental or hypocritical. So I think, again, it's important that we understand God's word, not necessarily what people are saying, but what God's word says. He says, I didn't feel connected to the church or to the people in my church. 29% of them said that. And I kind of thought about that first one and that third one, and I thought about as Greensburg Baptists, what are we doing to keep our young people connected to keep our students connected in church. We live right smack in the center of two great colleges. Lindsey Wilson's 20 minutes roughly, 30 minutes if you drive real slow. One direction, Camelsville's 15 minutes. We're right smack in the middle. So who are we missing out on connecting and, and bringing them into the house of God? On summer break right now, but I think, again, as fall break begins to pick back up, maybe those are some ways as a church that we can get those young people connected and keep them in the church and keep them in God's word. I disagreed with the church's stance on political and social issues. I understand that. Sometimes we may not always agree with God's word, but it's still God's word, right? My work responsibilities prevent me from attending. 
Again, God blesses us with jobs, and sometimes those jobs call us to be out. But listen, there are other opportunities, maybe not Sunday morning, but get plugged in. As Brother Blake was talking about a while ago, small groups, it's important that we keep our young people plugged in. So how may we do that as a church? How are we going to do that to keep our young people plugged in? Another one says church attendance. Uh, among those who dropped out between 18 and 22, says after that 29% said they just don't attend. Just don't even go. Attend once a month or less. And then 31% says they might attend twice a month or more. So, again, I don't want our young people, as you begin to go, go off to college or go off to school, I think sometimes we get outside of our homes and our parents is urging us, and maybe we get a little more independence. I want us to not to be part of this group, but I want us to continue to grow, and that's what we're going to look at here today. Stay connected. Stay connected. Young people, stay connected to the local church. Maybe you're moving off to a, a state or a college or something way off. Get plugged into a church that will lead you in God's word. Stay connected, all right? The the sad part is a lot of these here, after they get gone, it's really hard to start back. You develop habits and things, and it's just going to be really hard. So, again, just the importance of staying connected. It's never too late to get back in, all right? And then Peter moves on to tell us what to do about falling away, how to avoid that. And that's where we pick back up. In chapter 3, verse 18, he says, but grow. And again, this is where we want to settle for a few minutes. Peter urges his readers here, and he urges us also to be growing as Christians. And I want us to see three things here quickly about the Christian growth today and what that looks like. The first one is, I want us to see that growth is a work of God. Just like that strawberry plant, we're going to, again, keep that kind in your mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now, we're doing that at home. We're watering that plant, and, and I think somebody else planted it, maybe Ronald or somebody planted that thing. We're watering it, hoping it. But listen, if God don't say that thing to grow, it's not going to grow. Listen, that's the same way it is in our Christian life. God gives, he gives the work. He does the work of growth. And so... Um, it is a work of God in us. Our flesh is weak, and again, we're going to be tended to a lot of times to draw away from. But again, his spirit just continues that growth and continues that urgency and pulling us back to him. Um, but we have to be good soil, right? We have to have fertile places for that seed. So this morning, is your life fertile for the growth that God wants to do in your life? Is your soil ready for that growth? If not, maybe that's something you and, and God need to begin to look at and how can you make that soil fertile. Second thing I want you to understand is growth is expected in the believer. Growth is expected in the believer. Look at this, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. It says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. You see, he wants us growing. He wants us increasing. He wants us bearing fruit, just like that little plant earlier. He wants to see fruit in our lives and increasing. And just like that plant, we want to grow and produce fruit. And staying connected here in that, 
helps us to do that. If you'll think back, what does fruit look like in a Christian's life? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the things, again, as we, as we begin to grow, it's expected, and you can begin to expect to see some of those things happening in your own life. And so, he, again, he makes a reference there to pray for you. And so Paul here in Colossians, he's reminding them, he's praying for that growth. And we need to be doing that for our young people and each other. Are we praying for one another to be growing in Christ? Third thing I want us to look at, growth happens as we deny ourselves and Christ has first place in our lives. And if you'll think about that a little bit, it's really hard to add something when it's already full, right? It's really hard to add to when something's already full. And I'm afraid a lot of times that's the way our own lives are. We're full of ourselves, and it's really hard for God to do the work that he wants to do in our lives and grow us spiritually. Look at that John chapter 3, verse 30. That's one of my favorite verses. He must increase, but I must decrease, right? It's really hard for us, don't we? Society tells us, man, do your best, be your best, be all you can be and all that. But listen, it's Christ that must increase. I was thinking about that in our Sunday school lesson like last week or so. Um, Brother Ronald, he was talking about sin and pride. If you'll think about that, you know what the center of sin and pride is and what they revolve around? The letter I, right? It's right at the center of sin and pride. And I'm afraid that's where we're at a lot of times. We're focused on I. Jesus says that he must increase. All right, John says there, John Baptist says he must increase, but I must decrease. Luke chapter 29, verse 23 says, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, how do you spend your time? How do you spend your money? What kind of effort are you giving? And if you'll think about that, man, it's hard to follow somebody when you're out in front, right? Jesus, is again, is saying that you must, must follow him. And so growth should always be a continual work. Look at this. Take up his cross daily and follow him. It's not just about sudden spurts or occasional spurts in our life, but God wants us to have a continual growth. He wants us to be growing. All right? So listen. He wants, then he goes on here just a little bit further. And he tells us what we are to be growing in. And the first thing he says, that we must grow in grace. So what is grace? Grace is simply God's favor on us. God giving us what we don't deserve. If you think back in the Old Testament, think more Noah there, it says Noah found favor with God. And it saved him and his family, but everyone else perished because he had found favor with God. He was following God. And again, that's the same word there, that favor. That's what God's grace is, is God's favor on us. And God giving us what we don't deserve. Look at this verse here. We are saved by grace. So we want to grow in grace. Why? Because firstly, we are saved by grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Uh, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Now, not anything we do can earn that, that grace. And, and so that's what, again, Paul here is reminding us of. Peter here is reminding us of. That is a gift of God. It's only by God's gift of his son, Jesus Christ. But like a gift that anybody gives you, you must receive that. 
before it's actually yours. Somebody gives you a Christmas present or a birthday present, it's not yours until you actually take it. And that's what he's saying here. We're saved by grace. So he wants you to grow in that. But secondly, he wants you also to recognize that we are strengthened by grace. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. All right? Second one there, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Again, Peter here is kind of working back off of that same scripture. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of, his, of the divine nature and having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. See, grace isn't just something that happens at one time. Grace is a continual thing. And we're strengthened, and God wants to continually transform you more into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And that to do that, he fills us with his Holy Spirit that we may become partakers of the divine nature. And now we can, be, we can escape from that corruption and those sinful desires by the power of his spirit. So that continual grace just continually strengthens us daily just to live for him. Now, if you'll think back, Peter and, and Paul, man, there are great examples of that, of understanding God's grace Thinking back, Peter denied Jesus how many times? Three times, didn't he? He denied him three times, but Jesus continually drawed him back in and forgave him. And later it says he goes on, and man, he preaches his first sermon, 3,000 people get saved. That's awesome. So man, that's just God's grace on his life. Paul, if you got your Bibles, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul is another great example of God's grace strengthening him. He understood the grace that saved him. And then he allowed God's grace to continue to work in him. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9. I don't have it up on the screen, so I'll make you work just a little bit. It says, For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Listen to this. But, verse 10, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. You see, Paul, he recognized that God had brought him out of that life of death and brought him into a life eternal. And he wasn't going to let that set by and not have any effect on his life. And that's what it means to be growing in grace continually, be strengthened by grace. And that's what Paul here is doing. He was strengthened by grace. Um, and then the last thing we want to look at here real quick. Not only do we grow in grace, but we also grow in knowledge. If you'll look here in a couple of verses, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of who? Of God and of Jesus our Lord. And in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, it says, And to know the love of, of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Again, here there's a difference between just knowing the Word of God and knowing the God of the Word. And I think that's what he's saying here, you know, understanding and knowing who God is, His character and His attributes and who He is. And that knowledge of God will lead us to be, to be filled with the fullness of God so that now we can live that out. We can grow continually in, in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thinking about baseball again. We think back about our coaches 
And we've got some great coaches this year who are really pouring into our kiddos, and I'm thankful for that. And they're teaching them not just about baseball but life, and they're, they're encouraging them and strengthening them. But it's important for them to hear their coach's voice. And you can go down there, and there's lots of other people yelling and screaming at their kids, run, 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 all this stuff. But it's really important that that player is listening to their coach and not necessarily the whole crowd around them because they may give some wrong direction. The coach is coach, right? He's the one that's supposed to be leading. So it's important that they're listening and hearing his voice and not the one from everybody else because he's seeing what's going on around him. He's seeing the next play. He's seeing the next move. And he can give good instruction and good guidance. And that's why it's important that we know who Christ is, that we are able to hear his voice and to recognize so that we are full of him so that we know what to do in those situations and our plays in life. So again, as we close up here, I want us to think back just real quickly about that strawberry and that plant. That little plant, it's given everything it needs in life to make that produce that fruit later on. You think about our DNA as Christian or as, as people, we're given a DNA in life. That DNA doesn't change, does it? We always have the same DNA. We just have to feed and grow from what God has already given us. And the same thing here with our Christian lives. We just need spiritual food to help us in that growth. So a couple things I want us to leave with this morning. How can we grow? How do we put this into practice? How do we grow? First, we grow individually, personally. Are you growing in Christ? Are you spending time in God's Word, spending time hearing His voice and understanding what He wants for your life? Spending time in prayer, just talking with Him. Worship and service, just spending time, again, growing individually. And the second thing I want us to understand, you grow best as a family. If you'll think about a little baby, and I love to see our young people here, but they need a family. they got to have a family to help them grow. Little babies need families to protect them, to provide for them. Uh, to love on them and all those things. And that's the need and necessity here for the local church and for you to stay plugged in as young people, staying plugged into the local church. Adults, staying plugged into the local church. God has blessed us here with great pastors, Brother Blake and Brother Todd. You can go to them and ask them lots of great stuff, and they're great men full of wisdom, but don't expect them to give you their opinion, okay? They're not going to do that. I ask them a lot of things, but they don't ever give me their opinion. They're always giving me God's word. I said, let's look at this. Let's understand and see where God, where he says about it. Again, that's why it's important that you're connected with a family here in church. Brother Corey, Andrew, and Holly, and Miss Lindsay, and all of our leaders here, as we lead different ministries, they're going to continue to help you to grow in God's word and continue to help you to understand what it looks like to be a part of that family, to be in growing. So it's important that you're part of that. Sunday school teachers. I'm so thankful for you guys as you prepare each and every week to help us to, to better understand God's Word so we can grow in that grace and so we can grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. VBS, opportunities for you to serve and to lead those young people coming up. Youth workers, Awana workers, there's all kinds of great opportunities. So what I'm saying here is get involved in growing. It's an active thing God wants to continue to do in your life. So are you doing that? Are you personally growing? And if you are, that's great. So look then, how can you help somebody else grow to be who God wants them to be? Because the great thing about all this growth is the result of spiritual growth is glory to him, right? God is glorified. When we are growing and producing fruit, that's not for us. That's for his kingdom. 
and we're growing. So I want us to understand that this morning, how important it is to be growing. So I want to ask you this morning, it's not about the religion. A lot of times we get hung up, okay, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. It's not about religion, but it's about a relationship. And so I want to ask you this morning as we close, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? See, again, he has done everything that we need for life and godliness. He did all that and accomplished all that on the cross, and he offers that to us. But listen, we have to take that gift that he has given and receive it and apply it so that we can begin to grow. That's the work that God wants to do in your life. Maybe you're here this morning and you've done that, but maybe you've just kind of fallen away from that, that grace that he offers, and you're not walking in it daily. Let me encourage you this morning just to come back, as David did, just to ask God to restore that joy back in your life so that you can continue in that growth and that knowledge so that you can serve him and do as he's called you to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for the awesome opportunity, Lord, to study your word this morning. I'm thankful, God, that you don't give up on us, that you want to continue to see us grow each and every day. And, Lord, so I just pray that upon uh, myself and all these that are gathered here this morning or maybe listening by way of radio. God, I pray that we never lose the desire to grow. Lord, I thank you for the reminder this morning that you don't want to leave us in the state that we're in. God, you, you call us to grow daily. And, Lord, you've given us your word. You've given us your spirit to be able to do that. So, Lord, I pray that we just take advantage of every opportunity that you've given us. Thank you for your church, God, that you've placed here to help grow us for our leaders, our pastors, and for all those who continue to point us to your word and strengthen us, God, to do and live in your fullness. Lord, again, I thank you this morning, Lord. I pray that you would speak and that people would respond. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.